evening and welcome to Post to Post here on MyWCWP.org. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta. Joined alongside me, as always, is the wonderful Nick Matina and the great Ryan Kraut. And if anybody who is listening on MyWCWP has a question for us, you guys can call in at 516-299-2030. If you guys are watching us on Facebook Live and you have to, and you want a question, just quickly comment on it and we will get to it. So guys, how we doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are Good, you? how are you? My mic was not on, so <laughs> good, how are you? <laughs> it was an interesting weekend in the NHL. You know, you had a very good amount of games. So, you know, I and our first segment, which is Beast of the East, which for all of you who don't know, is we look at an Eastern Conference team and we pick them from where they are in the standings, which is usually the top, and we say how they got there, why they're there, and why they should stay there. So I'll start off, and my pick for this week's Beast of the East is the New York Islanders. I took yours, didn't I? No, 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 no. I was actually going to say that I really like that pick because I was actually thinking about taking the New York Islanders, and I was like, wow, they're actually not doing that bad. They're they're in first right now in the Metro, but I'm going to let you finish and give me your credentials of why you believe so. Okay, before you start, though, I will say you did steal my pick, so (laughs) I had to pick something else, but now you can go ahead and... All right. Say your piece. I apologize, Ron. I took nah, it it's the, fine. I took I took the one team that you hold near and dear to your heart. It's fine. I apologize. But I picked the Islanders. They're first in the Metro. And they did it in a way that, you know, it wasn't flashy. They they just they just really stayed quiet, they stayed low, and they won a bunch of games. They're on a five game winning streak. And that with Saturday night's victory, they've won five straight. They won they won a, a three nothing. They won three nothing against the Devils, and Grice notched thirty five saves. Around the back of Kincaid's goal, quickly turned ahead, two on zero. Oh, it's Hall catching the Islanders in a change, and Grice is there to bail him out. Got the stick on the Hall try. Around the back of Kincaid's. He, that was that was that was Grice making a save. I believe it was two on none. Yeah, and it, it was, was Taylor a, Hall. I was at that game. It was a two on zero. Oh. It was. I thought that they were going to score. Absolutely, I thought they were going to score. And then Grice comes out of nowhere, makes that save. He made 35 saves on the Devils. And here, then they are, they've won five straight. They beat Philly, Carolina. They beat the Pens twice. And they beat the aforementioned Devils. Did you guys see that save on Sidney Crosby? Absolutely. That was I, th- I thought that was the game. Excellent save. And, you know, people were kind of upset because NHL usually does a play of the night thing on their Instagram every now and then. They play clips of, you know, the best plays of the night, and Thomas Grice was not up there for play of the night. Absolutely should have been. Yeah. No, he should have. But, you know, they did they did that, and they've become a force to be reckoned with. And I think this will lead them into the second half. I know it's early to say that, but you look at, you look at what they've been doing, and you look at the schedule they have for the remainder of November and December, they play a bunch of teams, a few of them who are, you know, up there, but a lot of them who aren't, they play a lot of Metro teams coming up who have been very, they, they haven't shown anything great, especially like teams like Washington, where I was kind of surprised about where they're sitting right now. They haven't really, they have that champion's hangover. So then you go into December and they play a bunch of, they go on a nice West Coast trip. They And after they do a little homestand in the middle of the month, and they play teams like Colorado, 
Arizona, and Vegas. So I think for the remainder of the first half, they should keep up this pace. And in the second half, with the momentum, I would not be surprised if they squeak in to the playoffs. If the playoffs ended today, they'd, be, they'd, get, a, they'd get a banner. Yeah, ooh, a division banner. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> a banner is a banner. It's an it's an it's an achievement. It's an achievement the first banner in a long time. Exactly. So it would feel good. Now, in the beginning, I remember saying, I believe I said this in the first show of the year, and I said, JT leaving is going to send the whole team into shambles. You know, you didn't have an identity. This team is taking taking that statement. And making me eat my words. They've become, they're working as one unit. And they look great. You really, the, now here's the thing that I know, Ryan, you probably have a, a better opinion on this than me or Nick would. With JT leaving, did that help the organization? Because did that help the organization, you know, say, hey, we don't need, we don't need to have just one guy. I think in a way it did because, all at least with the players and what I've heard from the players, they've all said that yes, JT was a huge part of of our organization and he helped us get to the second round of the playoffs in '16. But we'll be okay without him. And when I first saw that, I'm like, I think you'll be okay, but it's going to take two or three years to get adjusted to life without Tavares, who's been a huge centerpiece for almost a decade, and now all of a sudden they're tops in the Metro, and there's there isn't really one guy that's standing out, and the one guy that everyone thought would stand out in Matt Barzell has kind of been underperforming so far this season. He has one goal, which was not even really a good goal. I think it just deflected off of him. And he has twelve points. He has twelve points. But he's a doing. He, I think he's second in the team in assists. So he's not. He's not doing poorly, but, but he's not his, doing nearly yeah, as what most not, Islander fans expect him to do. I think that's because there's well, a somewhat of a sophomore slump, and I think there's too much pressure on him. Even though they've shown that they don't need that one guy so far, there's still a lot of pressure on him going into the season saying. You're our next messiah. Like, bring us a championship. And he's 21. That's a lot of. Pre- he's, he's still that's a, a kid. lot to ask for a 21 year old. Yeah, he's still a kid. You know, it's, he's still a, a rookie. What, what about you, Nick? What do you, what do you think about the Islanders? You know, now being first in the Metro, do you think this is something that we should see for the remainder of the season, or do you think it's just like, all right, they're finally reaching their stride, but without JT, they're just gonna fall. No, I believe that. Honestly, that this is just a one-time thing this season. I feel like they're going to see first place maybe one other time after this, but I don't think they have the capacity to really keep up that pace. You know, this is just a lucky five-game winning streak right now for the New York Islanders. And I think that they'll still be up there. I don't think they have the, you know, the duration and the capacity to keep up that first place spot. You know, I, I really thought that when Tavares left that it was a a big deal and that this New York team would not be able to, you know, find itself 
this season. But, you know, with Matt Barzell, yes, I agree that he is still young, but he's a great asset to this team. You know, he's only in his second year, and he's got the skill that JT has. Uh, would you would you say that JT and Barzell have similar skill? or They have similar skill. I'd say their play style is a little different, but they have similar skill sets. They're different players, and, you know, also I think Barzell – still has to learn more because he wasn't John Tavares was the first overall pick. You know, with that with that, you know, background, you you had something. You had more than just talent. You had it really. You had, you had the same thing that, you know, the McDavid's of the world have and the Gretzky's have of the world. Mm. I think Barzell, he still needs to mature a bit as a player, but you, the play styles are similar. I think getting him and Barzell on the same line last season helped a lot to help him come out in his own identity and to have him you know, lead the Islanders organization down the road. The one thing I will say about Matt Barzell, though, is he needs what he does. He has a tendency to be a puck hog, and he'll just kind of skate around in circles a lot while he's waiting for the play to develop, which makes sense. Like, you don't want to lose the puck while you're waiting for the play to develop, but at the same time, you need to pass. Yeah, but then again, you should be the guy making that play. You know, you don't need to just sit there and say, all right, guys, show me the play. No, make the play. Yeah, be the he skates be the around guy with the puck for 17 seconds, and then by the time he passes— That's an that's an entire run down the ice. Yeah. By the time he passes, the play is gone, and he, he passes when he should shoot, and he shoots when he should pass. So I think if he can work that out, which he didn't do this nearly as much as he did last year, if he can work that out, I think he'll, he'll be fine. He'll get back up there. Now, with that, Ryan, who's your pick for Beast of the East this week? My pick for Beast of the East is the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Nick, Nick is very I, unimpressed. The Tampa Bay Rangers. No, as, I'm not unimpressed. I'm just as, saying you um, stole my team. As Anthony likes to call them, the Tampa Bay Rangers. It's true. Keep the poise and battle back from 2-0 down. An excellent start. The Senators playing very sharply, but the Lightning respond. Here's Point. Cutting in. Diving Anderson. Gord scores! Yanni Gord has won it for the Lightning. 14 seconds in. Pressure right from the drop of the puck, and the Lightning take it right to the net, and they win it 4-3 in overtime. The Islanders... I'm not the Islanders. I'm on the wrong team already. I'm still talking He's about staring it. at my Islanders. Great, great on your Islanders. I know I'm it's sorry. bright, but but really, Tampa Bay. Do you want to like do a dynamic duo? Because I was <laughs> I picked the Tampa Bay Lightning too, and I have a whole sheet of notes and stuff. So if you want to go back and forth, be my guest, Ryan Kraut. So okay, well the Tampa Bay Lightning, they obviously one of the best teams in the league. They have one of some of the best players, but. Kucherov, they have Stamkos, former number one overall pick, and half of, at least three former Ranger defensemen, I believe. Strollman, McDonough, McDonough, and Girardi. Exactly. So, and all of those players did, before they were traded to the Lightning, their production was down a little bit, fair to say. And I, now that they're on mm. the Lightning, they're kind of resurfacing. We're really going to say Dan, down. Dan Girardi was the Iron Man for the Rangers. I said a little bit. All right. A little okay. bit. All right. Not up to what they are capable of. We'll say that. They also didn't have a great set. They didn't have as many great players around them like 
you know, the, like they do in now in Tampa Bay. And they also have the league leader in wins in Andre Vasilevsky, who came out of nowhere, in my opinion, after they traded Ben Bishop a few years ago. I did not think that he was going to be anywhere as near as good as he is now. Seven wins tied with Frederick Anderson for the league lead. He's fourth in goals allowed with a 198, and he has a 935 save percentage, which is top 10 in the league. And he has a shutout this year, and he's really been the backbone for the Lightning. He's been absolutely outstanding. Not to say that their offense doesn't fire on all cylinders almost every night. They put up eight against the Devils the other day. But that. So just some of the reasons that the Lightning are my pick. Nick, you got some more. Since they were your pick, too, might as well. Yeah, I had some things. Um, yeah, so I basically just said that, you know, they're 10-3-1 on the season so far. They have 21 points. Uh, they're on top of the Atlantic Division at the moment. Which is exactly where most people would have expected them to be. Yeah, let's be honest. Like you said, that clip before, they beat Ottawa last night in overtime. They beat Montreal Saturday night 4-1. to But they're really missing two key factors right now. Uh, Victor Hedman's on the IR because he has an upper body injury. And Andre Palat, who has a lower body injury, and he missed the last five games. So even though this team is producing very well and they're at the top of the Atlantic, they're still missing two key parts to this team, one being their top defenseman and the other one being one of their top offensive. But even with that, like you, 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 you look at the, their play, those top players who are out, and they're still first in the Atlantic by three points. Mm-hmm. No, one point out of first in the entire league. Yeah, this team was built to lose a few guys and still keep going. That's, yeah. that's what Steve Eisman's plan was when he built this team. Yeah, and like I went down the roster, and this team is just so evenly like made up well that the veteran presence on this team is Ryan Callahan, who's 33, Braden Coburn's 33, Dan Girardi's 34. Uh, Kalorn's 29, McDonough's 29, Strawman's 32, and Stamkos is 28. And you switch it over, and you have a bunch of young guys. A, a good amount of young guys. Almost the same amount of veterans than young guys. You have Nikita Kucherov's only 25 years old. I don't think anyone realizes that. This is Everyone thinks, because he plays like a 28, 29-year-old, but yeah. he's, he's 25. This is one of, this is probably, hands down, the most, the we, most, eh. The best built team mm-hmm. in the NHL. Yeah. They just don't have anything to show for it yet. Not yet. They're that close. They're the very, this might be very the year. close. As if they stay healthy and they don't fall, yeah. which I don't believe they will, they st- this is a scary team. They had a string of, what was it, three or four straight years in the conference finals? And then they made it to the cup in 15 yeah. against yeah, I believe the Blackhawks? So. I'll make a closing statement right here. So the young presence was finishing, you know, JT Miller's 25, Andre Palat 27, Cedric Paquette, Braden Point, Nikita just uh, I don't know if it's Nikita, uh, Sergachev, Vasilevsky. You know, Vasilevsky's only 24 as well. They're going to have Vasilevsky for a long time unless they use him as trade bait in the future. But the youngest player on the team is Sergachev. He's 20 years old, and he leads this team in points with 18 at the moment. And, you know, their best player, Steven Stamkos, got off to a slow start, but now he's at four goals and six assists. So they're on a steady pace where they can rely on the veterans and the young presence, and this team can go far. Now, the Lightning have been one of the best teams in the NHL, and they are not done by a long shot. I believe that is it for our Beast of the East coverage. So when we come back, we will talk the wild, wild west. 
You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. I am your host, Anthony Kevret, and as always, the, for those of you who are listening on mywcwp.org, you can call in at 516-299-2030. And for those of you watch, joining us on Facebook Live, you can comment, and we will gladly answer any of your questions. So, guys, now we will talk about the Wild Wild West, which I th- I believe that's a great name for this this entire this this conference in general. Why? Because you made it up. Well, besides <laughs> me making it, because everything's upside down. Yeah, it's it's Bizarro World. Mm. The entire NHL right now is Bizarro Bizarro World. But just in general, the West. My pick for Wild Wild West is somebody is a team that's been very bizarre to me, and that's the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, thank God he didn't pick my team. <laughs> I like how you you come into you come into the show and you just sit here and you just pray. You're like, don't say my team. Yeah, because you my know team. at this rate of both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, I feel like both teams are. I mean, both conferences. It's very easy picks, and not a lot yeah, of people are picking teams that frankly suck at the moment. Well, so. that's that's well soon everything will even out and then we'll we'll figure that out as we go. But I picked the Avalanche because I think they've officially left the basement of the NHL. I think we can all agree that the time of saying that the Colorado Avalanche are the laughing stock of the NHL is mm. over. They, they were my pick last week, so I I agree. It it's they are officially out. They have tell me otherwise. They have the best first line in hockey. Disagree. Really? I would say one of the best. One of, not the best. Not the. The best line in the NHL is the Boston Bruins first line. I was just about to say that. You say that every week. You say that every week. Because it's right. (laughs) Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak. Really? Ratanen leads the league in points and assists. McKinnon is tied for the league lead in goals. And Landis Gog is is third in plus minus. (sighs) Give me a second. You they guys have, talk. Give me, okay, give me, so give me a some second. St- some, some stats on the Avalanche since we're debating here. I still think that they're one of the best, and they rightfully so. Rightfully so, yeah. But they have the top two point scorers in the NHL: Mika Rantanen, twenty-four; Nathan McKinnon, twenty-one. Mika Rantanen, nineteen assists, leading the NHL. Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog are both tied with. Three other players atop the league with 11 goals, and Landis Gog is second in the league in plus minus. Do you have uh, their points added up? They I, have, I saw this one stat the other day. I was I, actually I was going to mention it that the entire Avalanche first line has 63 points combined. Let me do the math. It the is... entire Kings roster combined has 63 points. So that shows how good this first line is and also how poor the, the Kings have been doing so far this year, but that's an entirely different topic. What I will say about the Avalanche, though, is they need to figure out who they are outside of the first line. Yeah, now I was going to say that, and I was going to say that as well. They This entire first line has combined for... More points than the um, than the LA Kings entire organization entire lineup, which is shocking if you're a Kings fan, and I'm sorry if you are a Kings fan, because of the way they're going this season. They sit in seventh in the West, which is not great, and they sit in fourth in the Central, and they can easily catch up 
to Winnipeg and Minnesota. Easily catch up to them. Yeah. And I can see they, they made the playoffs last year by the skin of their teeth. And I believe they could possibly do it. They could possibly sit comfortably in a position this year to make the playoffs. Now, the only thing that I have to say, and you guys have already said this, is Colorado a one-line team? So far, I think yes. Nick? I don't think so. You think that the – well, I don't – their goaltending is great. I mean – That was a great pick for them up over the over the summer when they traded with the Capitals. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the top three guys are right wing, center, left wing. That's your first line right there. And I just did the math, and I'll do it one more time just to make sure I'm right so I don't get – a lot of crap for this. But yeah, 63 points uh, for this first line for the Colorado Avalanche. I did the math for the Boston Bruins first line. They have 50. So that's that's a big debate. We'll go on that later. But I do believe that it's more than just a one-line team. Um, really looking at the rest of the team, Alexander Kerfoot is having a great start. Kerfoot? Yeah. Um, he has 10 points right now. You also have Carl Soderberg and Colin Wilson who are doing great. Uh Gerard, I think, he only has five points, but he's kind of slept on a little bit. Um, he's 20 years old. He's a 20-yard defenseman. So, I mean, really... The team doesn't have stars, but they, they have... Um, you know, the more I look at this... <laughs> the more I look at this team, the more it, it I realize like, that... It kind of is. It, it, it kind of is one, one-sided. one They need to figure out who they are outside of the first line. That's why I said... That's where... All of their points are coming from well, their first line most and, of their points and Tyson Barry. Like look at no, look, but even that look at Which the cap. Which is first defensive have, pair. Yeah, but look so. at that. You have Ratanen, McKinnon, and Landeskog with all points. You know, first two have twenty uh, above twenty points, and Landeskog's right about there. And then you have Barry who has eleven. That's a kind of a deep. That's a decent gap. Hmm. And. and eleven as a defenseman too. Yeah, eleven as a defenseman, which is nothing to sneeze at. But I'm just, you've never I don't heard, know where you come up with your yeah, expressions. Dude. Sneeze at? I've never heard that before. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. But it's you know it's nothing. It's nothing to bat an eyelash to. You know that one? Yes. Okay. I've good. That one. Okay. Good. And now we'll move on from the Avalanche. So you get it off me. What about you, Nick? Who's your team in the Wild Wild West? I got the Calgary Flames. I knew somebody was going to And that. I got to say, they have been impressing me. They impressed me when they finally made the playoffs about two years ago against the Anaheim Ducks, but they got swept. So they impressed me to the point where they got on into the playoffs finally. So a little review of the Avalanche, sorry, the Flame season so far. Uh, we've been talking so much Avalanche, it's just yeah, kind it's of just there. kept brainwashed for a second. Uh, they're currently 9-5-1 in the Pacific Division. They're have, they have 19 points in the last 10 games. They're six three and one. They're on a four game winning streak. And looking about that four game winning streak, they beat in Chicago, they beat Colorado, they beat Toronto, and they beat Buffalo. That's not a bad win streak, if you ask me. I don't being not at all. beating four of the top teams in the league right now. And it's funny that we're saying Buffalo is a top team in the league, but they really are at the moment. If you re- like. Which is why at the beginning I said the league is upside down. Yeah. Okay. It's a bizarro world. You got teams that shouldn't be there. Yeah. They have one injury right now and it's still in Dubai who has a concussion. He's going through concussion protocol. Uh, his timeline is up there at the moment. No one really knows. But we got to talk about the star 
of the Calgary Flames, and that's Johnny Hockey. That's Johnny Gaudreau. He leads this team right now with 19 points. Sean Monahan and Matthew Kachuk and Elias Lindholm are right behind him with 18 points, and Elias Lindholm has 17 points. So there's a lot of depth. Depth. Depth, sorry. In this team right now, three players on the team that are almost at 20 points already. You know, you know who I'm, I'm surprised is not up there with all those guys? And it, it upsets me, really. You're going to say James Neal, aren't of you? Of course I'm going to say James You're Neal. You're a big James Neal guy. I, you know, no, because he went, from a t- he went from everybody saying he was done. Everybody, when he was in Nashville, they said he was done. They said he's fried. He should retire. Goes to Vegas. I didn't hear any of that. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it going around. On every show that I listened to, every time somebody spoke about something about James Neal or about the Predators, they said, well, he's cooked. And then he goes to Vegas. He plays great. He gets this massive contract from Calgary, and he does nothing. I don't know if it's the you know where he sits in the Flames lineup or anything, but you know it's not that you really don't need him if you're mm. first and you know got, you got guys like Johnny Hockey, Sean Manahan, and Matthew Kachuk, and and Lindholm. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like personally, I'm like hey, it kind of stinks yep. to see him like he's on this team with all these great guys and he's not producing nearly as much as what I thought he was going to. I'll be honest with you, he should have stayed in Vegas. No, I agree with that. I I mean, he probably I'm pretty sure he went to Calgary because of the money. Of course. But I feel like Vegas could have gave him a nice contract. Could have gotten the C. Could have gotten all, uh, that that jersey count for James Neal jerseys with a C on it. Could have boosted through the roof and made one of the top ten jerseys being sold at the moment. But I think he made a mistake. I think he just got let the money get to his head. And now he's on the Calgary Flames. And where there. where is he? He's stuck there now. And, you know, it's... It's sad, but it's part of the game. And you know, I don't think he's really upset. You know, having being the f- on the first place team in the Pacific Division when the team you left is now towards is the sitting in seventh. Mm. He's got four points. That, so, he's got four points in fifteen games. He's got three goals and an assist. He's in minus three plus minus, and he has ten penalty minutes. And all his goals have come from even strength. So, I will say know. one he's thing ever, though so, about the Flames. You can sorry, just want to. Looking at this now, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, and Matthew Kachuk all average close to 20 minutes time on ice. They're only giving James Neal 15 minutes. That's his average right now. So maybe that might be why he's not producing as well. He's playing less than a period of hockey. Maybe it's maybe it's age. Maybe it's just the organization. You I think know, he's 31. I th- it's lack of is production. he the oldest person? No, he's not. He's not the oldest person on this team. Derek Ryan is. Oh, Mike Smith is 36. Sorry, we forgot about Mike Smith. <laughs> but what I will say about the Flames is that in the offseason when they made that trade with Carolina and they got Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin, that trade is really paying off so far, especially with Lindholm. Nine goals, leading the team. I think both teams it, won that trade. It was one of those very rare trades where it's it's a win-win. Because Carolina is, you know... Surprisingly, they're they're. I don't think they're in there. I think they're third, aren't they? No, they're fourth in the in the in the metro. But then again, they're only so, they're only hmm. one point behind both Pittsburgh and Columbus for second. And another closing statement before we hand it over. Uh you know who's first in the league right now in goal scored? I'm gonna take a guess. Johnny Gaudreau. Five people. Well, the Calgary Flames. 
are oh as a team no 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 yeah sorry oh, I could I could have worded like... that better the Calgary Flames are first in goal scored at the moment with 52 and they're 25th in goals against with 50 but we won't talk about that right now but Mike Smith is five and four and David Riddick is four and one so their backup is doing a lot more work than Mike Smith so and Ryan if you want to quickly say your wild wild west pick my pick for Wild Wild West is, I never thought I'd be saying this, the Vancouver Canucks. They have absolutely stunned me so far this season. I did not expect them at any point to be one point out of first place. Not not even the, the day after the season started did I expect them to be one point out of first place. But they've, they've come out of nowhere. And really, I feel like they're also kind of a three-player team, which they, who they need to figure out outside of Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat, and Brock Besser, but they're surprising a lot of people, and Elias Pettersson, if he keeps up this production, he has 15 points in nine games, and if he keeps this up, you gotta think he's a unanimous Calder winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with What's that. What's his competition right now? Exactly. Actually, no. I, I do have. I do have. <laughs> You're one. just saying because you don't know. Oh, wait. Hold on. I know his his name's on the tip of my tongue, and I don't every- really think there whether there is competition or not. Like, I don't think anyone else is playing up to the level that Pedersen give is at it, this moment. Give it two months, and Brett Howden will be in the race for the Calder. Okay. All right. I don't know how I feel exactly about that because he did get pretty banged up last night. Well, then again, like I'm saying, so down. He, might, he might be making his first game back in two months. <laughs> Let's go. Well, to- no, I know, but like I'm just saying, like you know, it's he ha- he's been doing really well in production. I think if and also you know, Vancouver, I, I think personally is going to fall from this. They they I, don't have I, the they don't have the goaltending. Yeah, they don't have the goaltending for this. They they don't have the and if those three players besides them, who do you really have to bank on? And I think losing the Sedins will start to hit them. And, you know, losing those two guys and those two production pieces will hurt them very much, at least in the second half. And it's not always, with, with the Sedins at least, even towards, even last year, when they went on streaks of they were a little bit cold, just having them in the lineup and in the locker room was a huge, huge thing for the Canucks. They don't have that anymore. Yeah, because you had a veteran presence, and you don't really have that now. Mm. So, you know, you pick them as one of the top teams in the West, which is which is rightfully so. And then once again, this is bizarre. This is NHL 2018-2019 where it's just flipped upside down, and you have, you know, you have Vancouver, the, the Vancouver Canucks as the second team in the Pacific. Sports have been weird this yeah, year. Yeah, sports, I don't Cleveland know. Cleveland Browns have won two <laughs> games. Sports have been weird this year. Yeah, no, the sports have just been in generally weird. But I think Vancouver will fall. So with that, we are going to go to break. And when we come back, we are going to see who's hot, who's not, and where does everybody stand. You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. I am your host, Anthony Kevredden. Forever who is listening on mywcwp, you can call us at 516-299-2030. We will gladly take your question. Or if you are watching on Facebook Live, leave a comment. We will gladly answer it for you. So now with this segment, is it a hot streak 
or is it a burnout? And for me, the team that I believe is on a hot streak and they will eventually burn out, they have to, it's in the team's nature to at this point, is the Arizona Coyotes. Hmm. They sit fifth in their division, and I know they're at the bottom of the league, but you look at this league, you look at the, the division they're in, and it is so weak. Calgary may fall. Vancouver's going to fall. Edmonton can't keep up this pace. They don't have the team besides besides uh, McDavid. You have San Jose, who's been underperforming. Anaheim, who's been underperforming. Vegas, who's been underperforming. And Los Angeles is a joke. So, with that, they're also riding a five-game win streak against Columbus Blue Jackets, Vancouver Canucks, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Ottawa Senators, who are also a joke, they, but have been, but have been improving. Yeah, they beat the but yeah they did they almost beat the landing and the Carolina Hurricanes who are not a joke and they have a goalie who's finally coming into their own in Auntie Ranta which yay for him good for him and they have more production on their penalty kill than on their power play which, which is so ironic. odd and one of their key factors is this man Michael Grabner That was his overtime winning goal, and this guy, I think even in New York, when he was with the Rangers, he was a shorthanded goal machine. I wish he would have stayed. Even when he, As he was do with I. the Islanders, he was a shorthanded goal machine. Yeah, he just knows how to play on a on a penalty kill, and he knows how to do well. And the Coyotes have just, uh, you know, they've, they've shocked me, but I, I do I think it's going to last? Not at all. You know, it's just, to me personally, the Coyotes have always been a team where they've been just, sta- ever since they moved the Winnipeg Jets down to Arizona, they've been stagnated in this, you know, very, they, they haven't been good, they haven't been... Anything to, I think what they have what one conference final appearance in their entire history. Their biggest thing Something going like that. Their biggest thing going for them in the history of the organization is that they had Wayne Gretzky as their coach. <laughs> and Shane Doan as their captain. Exactly. That's it. That's it. And like four playoff wins. Yeah, I think they right now they, they have a chance to actually prob maybe maybe make the playoffs if everything kind of sits where they are. If that means if San Jose doesn't get any production going, Anaheim doesn't get production going, and Vegas doesn't get production going, you know, that then they could maybe make the playoffs, but I don't I th- I see them burning out. I still think it's kind of a stretch for them to make the playoffs, but this hot streak is very impressive. 5 wins in a row they have they have the best goal differential in the Pacific Division at plus 11. Third, third best goal differential in the entire Western Conference. They went from two and five to seven and five. They're five points out, but they have three games in hand on the Flames, who are in first place right now. So if they win those three games, hypothetically, if they had won those, if they win those three games, they're in first place. It's it's bizarre world. The NHL is just weird now. And who's Carrying them, like you mentioned, Michael Grabner. You you mentioned Antti Ranta. There's not and Derek Stepan. Derek Stepan and Derek Stepan very well for them. There's not one guy that stands out 
that's leading them offensively. No one on their team has 10 points. Unless Ekman Larson goes nuts like he did last year. Hi. Hi, Nick. <laughs> Hi, no, yeah. Welcome back. You're here. I forgot you were on the show. I, w- I wanted to back up your comment about the last time that they had a um, conference title. They've never won the conference title. No, but they made it to the conference They final. did, and that was back in 2011-2012, and that was the last time they made the playoffs. It was a lockout-shortened season as well, uh, No, it was not. That was 12-13, I think. Oh, okay. That yeah. was a year off. That was 12-13. Uh, the 2010-2011 season, they lost in the NHL conference quarterfinals with Tippett. As their head coach, they went forty three, twenty six, and thirteen that year. Mike Tippett. So they they didn't have that bad of a season in 2010-2011, But this is a totally different year. Um, you know they they haven't made the playoffs in over seven years. They've been literally the only thing they've been winning as of recently was the draft lottery, <laughs> and they still haven't won that. <laughs> Got them. <laughs> yeah. Even the Oilers are winning the draft lottery. <laughs> it's rigged, but. Yeah, the only thing that I think that's actually may ruin them is their upcoming schedule, because they play Philly twice, they play Pittsburgh, they play Washington, they play Detroit. That's a little road trip. Then they come home to play Nashville, Boston, Vegas, and then they play Colorado and Calgary, and they play Minnesota and Nashville to end the month. It's it's going to be a test for them. That's why I think they're going to burn out, because they just they're not going to do well. I personally believe that this is. This will be the one and only time all season that we mention them as a hot team. I like but, how you put quotations on that. Yes. Air, I, air quotes. I air quotes. I, I feel like Arizona has something in their back pocket they're not showing us yet. Auntie Ronta God mode? No, I, I mean, I mean both their Clayton Keller. Auntie Ronta's two two ten goals allowed, Darcy Kemper one three four. Yeah, you three. guys haven't really talked about their rookie sensation yet. They have a rookie sensation. Well, sophomore, sorry. Clint Kelly played last year. I wouldn't even call him a sensation. He has nine points. Well, he played his heart out last year. Last year, yeah. I mean, and it takes, like we said, sophomore slump. It it takes some time to kind of work yourself up in your second year in the NHL. It's a little bit of a different start. There's not as many nerves as this time. But, you know, the production's not all there. Yeah, and he's got. And we've seen examples of it from multiple players. But Clayton Keller can be, you know, the, the the number one person on this team. He's got five goals, four assists, and nine points. He's, so a, le- he's, not... he's a leading scorer on the, on the Coyotes at the moment. Yeah, which, dang. That's a, that's all it, but this team again. is spread out. You know what I mean? Like, not a lot of teams have a lot of spread out kind of players. You know, looking at statistics-wise, you say Clayton Keller is nine. You know, everybody has a point on this team except four people. And uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Auntie Ronta even has a point. <laughs> That's impressive. So he hasn't he has an assist right now, but you you have technically three people on this team that have that don't have a point, not including Darcy Kemper because he's a goaltender. I mean, like they're a very widespread team, and they they really click. And that's all I got to say. So, with with that, we're just we're gonna stop with the Arizona Coyotes. I honestly have a wide – I have one prediction for the Coyotes that will not happen this season. I believe they'll be moved eventually. But that's, you think they're going to Houston, don't you? They're going to Houston. Houston? In the future. But that's a whole different story. Now, Ryan, who is your hot pick? My hot pick, and I know we spoke about them 
previously today, but my hot pick is the New York Islanders. All right. <laughs> wow. So I picked them because they're, they're on this five-game winning streak, as we mentioned before. They have they don't have that one player that's really leading them like offensively. Like Brock Nelson's leading them in goals. He's coming out of nowhere. He's the streakiest, one of the streakiest players in the NHL, in my opinion. Like when he's cold, he'll go 25, 30 games without scoring a goal. When when this guy's hot, he he can put him in the back net. And another reason, I think that the Islanders have been on this hot streak is the reemergence of Thomas Grice. As the drop passes to him, Barzell tried to dish it over. It came to Kessel, and it's Crosby on a breakaway. Sidney Crosby for the win on Grice. That was insane save. No, if, if if anybody who is who has not seen that save, please go and watch it. Go it was it. so great. Don't stop watching us. Just yeah. pull up another tab. Yeah, or just watch <laughs> it when you're done. And another reason I picked the Islanders is because they have. I I wouldn't really say a new. Actually, yeah, I will say it. They have a new identity, with their their new GM, ho- hockey Hall of Famer Lou Lamorello. They have the defending Stanley Cup winning coach who is working wonders for them. Barry Trotz. He he's not putting this, not always putting the same three people on a line together, and because he's experimenting, he's trying to see what works, and so far, he's found a lot of different combinations that have been working. Nah, that's, and I think bringing in the new coach, bringing in the new GM, you're right. It's a new, it's a new New York Islanders team. There, I think that they're turning a leaf. Everything I think everybody looked at their offseason, they were like, Oh no, we got a new coach, we have to start from scratch, we lost Tavares, and we got a new GM. And, you know, it just doesn't look good. And like, oh, we don't have a home next year because of the whole arena situation. And I think it kind of gave the guys on the ice like, We got nothing to lose. So, I guess. Yeah. I mean, let's just do it. You know what? What we have nothing let's, to lose. Let's, let's do that do hockey. Let's, let's play the, the hockey. Years ago, they did have something to lose. They before they moved to the Barclays Center, they almost moved to Kansas City. That's true. They had everything to lose then, but now they. You're kind of right. They don't really have anything to lose. Like it's their first year with without John Tavares. They're already getting a new arena. They have brand new coach, brand new GM, but I do think that right now. Is there a chance to cement their place in the top of the division for this year? Because no one else in the division has that we've seen that's been a powerhouse the last few years has really cemented their place. The Penguins are struggling. The Capitals are in fifth right now. Yeah, no, that's that's odd. The but Devils, then again, it's I think that's the championship hangover. Ovi's still also probably losing drunk. Your coach. So and the Devils were at ninety five points last year, and now worse than the Rangers. Yeah. Which I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, congrats. Ra- the Rangers are out of the basement. Hooray. Uh, <laughs> Islanders Yay. have the, are tied for the best goal, best goal differential in the Eastern Conference with 12, and they're only two, one of two teams in the Metropolitan Division with a positive goal differential. So I think right now is the Islanders' chance to cement their place at the top. And who knows? Maybe it's not just a hot streak because I didn't expect this from this team at at any point this year. So, with that, 
The New York Islanders have become one of the best teams so far in the season, but will it stay? Will they stay or will they fall back down? When we come back, we will get Nick's hot streak, and we will go over the games for tonight. You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. We are going into our final segment here, and we are going to go right back into it with Hot or Not, okay. basically. Who's hot, who's not, are they a burnout, or are they going to stay this way? And Nick, who is yours? That's me. Um, so I switched up a little bit. Don't mind if I switch up this a little bit. I didn't pick a team. I picked a player. And my player is on a hot streak right now, and that's the captain of the Colorado Avalanche, Gabriel Landeskog. And the reason I picked him is because, as we said before, this Colorado Avalanche team, you know, as Ryan said before, they're out of the basement finally. You know, and that, that's an opinion. You know, some people might think that they're not there yet, but I think they're doing pretty well. And Gabe Landeskog, he's eighth in scoring right now with 18 points. He's got 11 goals and 7 assists. He's averaging a point and a half, almost a point and a half per game. Uh, he's got four power play goals. And listen how insane this statistic is. I was looking at it last night. He has four power play goals in the season so far, and he's tied for fourth with Vladimir Tarasenko, Anders Lee, Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, Elias Hinholm, Sean Monahan, and Connor McDavid. Like, that is such... There's so many power play goals by the same people this year. I mean, it's all top performers on each team, which makes sense. But Gabe Landeskog is making a name for himself, and he's finally up there in that first few. But here's the thing, and it goes back to the segment of is it is he going to stay this way? Does it hurt that it you know it's just that one line on Colorado that's doing this? So you think that'll burn that entire first line out, and then they just sink back to the bottom of the league? I mean, I think Colorado fans are saying, "Oh, we hope so," because <laughs> if if he's not, you got Nathan McKinnon. But I mean, that's about it. And I personally think I do agree with you, Nick. He's been on a tremendous tear to start this season. I think he's finally, and just my opinion, he's finally earning that C. When they named him captain, I personally didn't agree with it because I thought he was too young and he hadn't really proven himself yet. I think they, they should, at the time, they should have named it Matt Duchesne. That was a long time ago, right? It was, um, he was named captain, I believe, in 2013-2014, I believe. I, I could be wrong. Right. I, I, I remember he was 19 when they named him captain. But... I and I I didn't agree with it then. I personally don't think anyone should be captain when they're 19. And even when McDavid was named captain, I didn't agree with that at the time. But Landeskog's finally proving that he knows how to le- be a leader on the ice and off the ice. Yeah, and I, Nick, I, I'm glad you picked a player for this segment because he's he's looking like he's becoming such a great player and he's you know you look at at his past few years and he usually leads the team in goals and he lead usually leads he gets around the top uh, in goals and assists on the team but when you're on a team like the Colorado Avalanche 
does it does that hinder you in any way? I think it just you're trying to prove everybody wrong. You know, with this Colorado Avalanche team that's been in shambles for so long and this is the greatest start they've had in a long time. I, I think they just they're just have to prove something. And I, I feel like they're definitely succeeding at the moment. Yeah, and we talked about um Colorado earlier in earlier this hour and we were talking about that we most of all three of us I think believe they're gonna they're out of the basement but with with that comes the responsibility of f- playing against all these bigger teams and not just looking at the calendar and saying oh Nashville's coming in and eh, we're gonna lose hmm. you want to come in and say oh Nashville's coming in there's a there's Nashville. a different feel in the locker room now uh, I mean I, I can't tell because I'm not there you would but you but, believe but you would believe that there's a better atmosphere in this arena now in Colorado, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, we have a good hockey team. Like, you know, people are like, oh, it's, it's the Broncos and it's, you know, uh, the Rockies who did great this year as well. You know, and, like, I feel like the Avalanche are kind of pushed to the sides. But now they're slowly being brought into the middle here of, like, a good team in Colorado. You think the Avalanche may actually get to the um, the position they were in in the, in the early 2000s with Waugh? And Stas, that, that takes some time. It'll, t- it'll, I know it'll take time, but you think they're in the right direction with guys like Landeskog and McKinnon, and if they can get a few more pieces mm-hmm. in here, and you know they could actually build a team up. And I, th- I think they can make the playoffs this year. No, I, I, I think they will as well. What do you think, Ryan? I think they'll make the playoffs, but once again, and I can't really stress this enough, they need to find mo- more production than just their first line, because God forbid. Anyone on that first line gets injured, you're done. Yeah. So, with that, I believe we've all said what we've had to say about our teams and our players mm-hmm. who we think are, you know, some of the best and hottest things going on in the NHL right now. But let's look at the bright lights of tonight. We Just got so. five games, I believe. Yeah. Uh, five games tonight. And the first one up is the Dallas Stars going to the Bruins. That is at seven o'clock and it's in Boston. The, the stars are eight and five, which I wasn't really spoken about the stars. Maybe next week we'll cover the stars, you know, because they haven't. They, they've are finally trying to prove themselves. And the Bruins, as both of you have said to me many, many times, have one of the best lines in all of hockey. Yes. So, mm-hmm. who do you got? That's why I think they're going to win tonight. Of course. <laughs> I think I'm going to give them. I'm going to give Boston the win too. Because, well, a. The first line is just incredible. And they're at home, which the home crowd in Boston really helps out the Bruins. And they got Suka Rask in that. So those three things confirmed? right there. I did see on Twitter before that it was confirmed. Okay. So Rask is starting tonight for the Bruins. So I think they'll they'll take it. I'm going to say 4-2 Bruins. I'm not, not going to give a score. I'm just going to say it's... Boston over Dallas, yeah. Boston over Dallas, because we're so wrong <laughs> at the time. Hey, so. when we when we say it, and you, the opposite has happened in these last few weeks, so you know maybe we can all say that, that the Stars are going to win and Bruins win in like seven to one. But I do say that I actually say the Stars are going to win. They're coming into it. They're coming into it with a three game, three game, three game win win streak. They beat Montreal. They beat Toronto, and then they beat Washington in overtime. 
and they've had and they just and they're coming off of one off day, and then they play a back to back, one at Boston and then they go to Columbus. I think riding those three wins and coming in on those, I think Dallas is going to beat the Bruins tonight. I think it'll be a close one. I may actually even say overtime, but I'm not going to say a score. I just think they Dallas takes it in overtime. All right. So, moving on, Montreal Canadiens and the New York Islanders. That is a very intriguing matchup to me. Not just because I am an Islanders fan, but because with the between the Islanders' hot streak and the Canadians surprising just about everyone, when they were towards the bottom of the league last year, now all of a sudden they're in in a wild card hunt with a chance to get even higher in the Atlantic Division. I think this is going to be a good game. It's one I'm definitely going to keep a close eye on tonight just mm. because of the surprise that I've seen from both of these teams. Not just because it's your team. Not not just because of that. Even if even if I wasn't an Islanders fan, I'd still be very intrigued by this game. No, I, th- I think this is the game of the night, honestly. I disagree, but okay. Really? You think there's yeah. a better game tonight that's, that's going to be better? All I right, mean, well, we'll get to that when we get to that game. But... I cut you. I'm sorry. You want to go? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I think, I think the Islanders are going to take it and make it a six-game win streak. Mm-hmm. I think that the Canadians coming in, the Islanders are just riding too many too many great things going on right now, so I think the Islanders are going to take it against over the Canadians. I'm going to say the Islanders, too, because they got, they got Grice in net tonight, which usually Islanders fans are very wary about, but he's turned a corner, and he's the— Thomas Grice that they saw two years ago, three years ago when they made the playoffs even, and I, I think the Islanders are going to take it. Nick? Um, I got the red, hot, uh, New York, the red hot New York Islanders. That's words. Thank you. Yeah, I, I definitely like how the Islanders are playing right now. Uh, they look great. You know, Captain Andres Lee is playing phenomenal. He's got a bunch of power play goals at the moment. and see if he keeps going. I forgot he was captain. Yeah. Nobody really knows he's captain. <laughs> yeah. No, no one expected it either. Mm. That's my take. So, moving on to the next game, we have the New Jersey Devils going into the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who do you got? Uh, this is actually my game of the week. Really? Game, of the, N- game of the week or game of the night? Both. Ooh. Interesting. Yes. Both statement by Nick Matina. And I have the Pittsburgh Penguins winning against the New Jersey Devils tonight. I agree with you. I did too, but why is this your game of the week? Because it's two teams in the Metro that are fighting for a, a bigger spot, and I feel like the Devils are in are, – uh, at a great spot right now with Keith Kincaid and the Pittsburgh Penguins are still trying to figure out what's going on because I feel like they're struggling a little bit. But, I mean, it, it, it's two teams that are, I believe, have equal skill and it's going to be a well-fought match tonight. You know, with, with that being said, they're going to, one team's going to watch. Just watch. One team's going to blow out the other team. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. With, with, with our luck. All right. Oilers Capitals. Right? Caps. Caps. You know, just because you both are saying Washington, I want to pick Edmonton. Just because? Just because. Just just, I, I just want to just be different. Just because he's petty. <laughs> just because he's petty, he doesn't want all of us to be equal. All right. Connor McDavid, two goals. So you say that now, and now he's going to not get one. Well, he's going to get, in, get injured tonight now. He's not even going to get a point that. now. He's going to get two assists. He's going to get two assists <laughs> now because you said that. And now I think I believe this one's the boring game of the night. Flyers, Coyotes. It wins boring game of the week. <laughs> boring game of the week. Flyers, Coyotes. Coyotes. Coyote, yeah, it's Coyotes. I got the Coyotes as well. Now, you already said your game of the week. Yes. It's going to be Devils-Penguins. Mm-hmm. Ryan? My game of the week, it's on Wednesday. 
It's in Washington, and it's Penguins Capitals. Ooh, Wednesday night rivalry. Because those games, there's always extra energy, it's extra chippiness, and those games are always exciting to watch. And it's another playoff rematch. Pittsburgh looking for revenge, and there's extra... There's just always an extra intensity about that Penns Caps rivalry. So that's my game of the week. I was gonna say I was gonna say I was originally gonna say Rangers Montreal. Boring. Because not only because those two teams, I feel like, <laughs> you know, when they play each other, it just it gets so much better. And also it's a Lundquist versus Price, which is always a great goalie matchup. But I'm gonna go with my game of the week. It's gonna be on Saturday. Maple Leafs Bruins. Ooh. For the same reasons you said, it's a good Atlantic matchup. Those yeah. Are For the same reason you said matchups. that, same reason you said Pens Caps. I'm gonna say Leafs Bruins, especially now that it's this new Leafs team that is willing to go the distance and is six and zero on the road. Currently. It's going exactly. the distance, so he's going for speed. <laughs> With okay. that. We're gonna for everybody here at Post to Post. I'm Anthony Cabretta, and please enjoy all the hockey tonight. You've been listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org.